Okay, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad, the horror movie podcast that reviews the best and worst and everything in between in horror, one movie at a time. I'm your host, Otis, and tonight, like always, I am joined by the Spooky Movie Squad, and that group consists of Katie. Hi. Emma. Oh, hey, it's me and a baby. And Micah. Meow. That actually is very topical. <laughs> I do that sometimes. Great. So sit back and relax and enjoy our review of the 2002 Japanese supernatural horror film, Juon, The Grudge. I didn't see a tagline. There's probably one somewhere in there, but I don't know. Don't Juon go. Some Juon this? scary movie. Yeah. Juon this. <laughs> don't go in this house. That should be the fucking tagline of it. Anna Ferris is not in this one. Thank God. <laughs> Sashimi. Just fades off. <laughs> Hit that music. Garbage ghouls in honor, yes. Take a seat and take a rest. From behind the curtain, a disconcerting nod. It's time to listen to the Spooky Movie Squad. <laughs> Happy Spookies, everyone. This is episode 300. Beep, 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 beep. Of oh, my God. This illustrious podcast. We've done 300 episodes. It's It took, what, five years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost five years. I'm doing it. Yeah, we're about to start uh, year five, so. And technically, we would have gotten there faster if after the first Halloween Screamathon, I just continued it. I waited till like mid-November to keep going because I was just, I don't know. I didn't know what was going to happen. Oh, you know, we we always need more content. Like, how <laughs> how dare you hold out on us like that? I yeah. mean, come on. <laughs> Episode 300 in five years? Like, come on. We could have done better. Right. We should be have 301 already. Yeah. <laughs> But no, this is really cool. So we are still in Foreign Horror Month. And so it hit me and it hit a couple of us at some point that a lot of the fancy cool movies that are still being made to this day, they all have American versions. And they have and they have original versions from other countries. And so we went with Juan or the Grudge. Hey, remember The Grudge? That one with Sarah Michelle Geller, Where she's trying not to get murdered by the that little kid that meows and the scary lady and it comes out of the darkness? Yes. So we're doing the original. And technically, I know somebody out there is like, but there were like three movies before this one. Yes. But this movie culminates everything and actually turns it into a solid movie. The first two... Uh, Katasumi and four 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 four. I believe four means it either means creeping up on you or I can see you in Japanese, like the kanji for it. And those were short films within television. And then Juan the Curse and Juan the Curse Two in two thousand, they were direct to video. And then the director uh, Takashi Shimizu. He finally cracked out a solid movie in 2002. So it's funny. They made an American version of The Grudge because this one did great and everyone was singing the praises of it. It didn't do as good as Ringu or The Ring that came out earlier in this year, 2002. 
But in 2004, they actually grabbed the director of this movie, the original, to do the American version. So technically, the American version has even more backstory into it. Uh, just like they delve deeper into the backstory of the the original family and their issues, their love issues and an actual love triangle and maybe the reason that the dad murdered the family. This one doesn't really say it outwardly, but in the American version, they, they delve deeper into it. So uh, it's pretty cool. You usually don't see the same director come back and do the same movie again even better. I guess technically Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. He ran it back, kind of. But anyway, I'm, I've had some sugar this <laughs> this night. So, Micah, what did you think about Jew On? Well, it definitely fit the structure of what movies were doing back then with things like Memento and uh, 23 Grams and like those movies that give you the beginning and the end basically and then throw you for a loop until you figure out what the hell is happening yeah they actually so it like, definitely was like yeah. very flavor of the month kind of thing but boy was it rough <laughs> yeah that's that's the magic of seeing something from the beginning and it's like you were done better later yeah i know you were well and it was definitely like i know he made the first two films while he was still in film school and it, this was like I'm just graduated from film school. Let's see what I can, you know, yeah. what, what, I'm a you fancy know. boy. <laughs> but the the idea of it obviously was a cultural success. Like obviously this spawned, you know, a lot of copycats and remakes and all kinds of stuff that, that it was a very influential film. Yes. Like a film doesn't have to necessarily be good in order for it to have a huge impact. And this one was had a crazy huge impact. It came out at the right, you know, it's like grunge music. You know, it was grunge music wasn't anything fancy, but it came out at the right time. Yeah. You know, and so <laughs> it just like with a lot of things that people remember, it came out at the right time. And it was a very, very cool concept that is, you know, it's a good thing they went back and redid it, but because it needed that. It's like yes. one of those like swing in a foul ball but you know let's let's actually try to hit a homer on this next one kind yeah. of thing <laughs> so yeah i mean it i don't know it it was it was a rough watch but yeah i i, I don't know i don't really have any strong opinions on this one so yeah i'll just leave it leave it how i'm feeling <laughs> just open uh emma what do you think about juan do you want to know what i think <laughs> Ju- about juan <laughs> Well, I think Micah hit on everything. It was what a lot of movies were in 2002. Um, I was 12 in 2002, so I was not watching movies like this (laughs) in 2002. I was sneaking watching Riding in Cars with Boys at my friend's house. I remember that movie. So... I mean, it was it was very rough. Um, I've mentioned this a couple of times that the soundtrack was very Halloween Town, and it made me giggle <laughs> a lot. But I don't know. Um, I don't remember if I've seen the newer 
Sarah Michelle Geller one. I it's don't good. I don't remember if I have or not. Pretty dang good. But this one, the kid was creepy as fuck. Yeah. I will go ahead and say that. For the goofiness that was this movie, that kid was creepy as fuck. The sound was creepy as fuck. That little uh yeah. no thank you. Very Hard pass. Sound. <laughs> if I heard that just out of nowhere with nothing, I'd be like, Mm-mm, burn it to the ground. We're done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> so for all of its goofy ridiculousness, it had a few creepy elements to it that uh, stuck. So, Katie? I thought this movie was really sad. The overall overarching like story of the curse was incredibly sad and just why they gotta do that (laughs) but i thought the makeup and stuff was really good for the little boy like he was creepy looking as shit Mm -hmm. and you know for 2002 like had i watched this original one in 2002 i would have been freaked the fuck out oh yeah uh, like, you know, Easy. little kid me, 13-year-old me or whatever, like, would have been freaked out. Wait, 2002? I was almost 15. But I would have been freaked the fuck out. And uh, I remember watching the grud- the Sarah Michelle Geller version of The Grudge. And it was okay. But I remember liking The Ring, like, distinctively liking the American version yeah. of The Ring more than the American version of The Grudge. It's funny. The Ring made a little bit more money than... The grudge yeah and what but watching this version now i'm like why did they even bother with a sarah michelle geller version like this was so much better i th- i feel like the sarah michelle geller version misinterpreted the story like had to change it so that she was the main focus and in this movie there wasn't necessarily one main person that they were yeah. focusing on throughout it People was like dealing here's, with the issue yeah here's this one person dealing with the issue and now another person's dealing it with almost the felt issue. like a like uh, a uh, an anthology but all yeah. with the same topic yeah. yeah um yeah for sure it was a murder house but anthology like it was great and i liked that better for sure than the original or the uh, than the sarah michelle geller version where it was like one heroine trying to figure out the whole thing so Going back and watching this version, I actually, I've seen chunks of this version for sure. And it's really fun to see the beginnings of a series. The American version takes so many beats from this movie, just beat to beat. And when I realized that the director came back and did the American version, I'm like, oh, that makes so much more sense. The way he wants a scene to happen would be the same through every version but this movie is ridiculously cool the idea of it the the idea of just a resentment curse that's what juan means resentment curse and it's an idea that continues it's in video games it's in movies uh spoilers i read a little bit about a movie that we're going to do in october called smile it is honestly a version of a curse that happens and you just see people smiling really, really hard, and they try to kill you. It uh, looks terrifying. It follows. That was a curse. It is a version of a, a genre, honestly, of curses that we have seen over the decades and that continues to this day. And I think it's awesome. It's really cool 
to see where it I don't know if it started with this, but to see where it just I don't know became awesome. Uh, Kayako is a really cool villain, and I just I don't know. It, it's a really cool buildup. Was this movie, you know, kind of poopy the way it looked and stuff? Yeah, but it's old, and this was the beginnings of a director. But it was really cool. Like Micah and Katie said, this is an anthology story with the main idea being the same. So it's like if VHS was all about Ratma, the whole movie, but it was different people dealing with the Ratma in the sewers. Okay, but can we really get a whole... Yeah, that'd be I, cool. I, I'd like some more Ratma, please. They could actually do a Ratma situation. That'd be really fun. I'd take that. So I, I, I love the story because I've seen it over the years. Like we're dealing with these this type of movie to this day. So I thought that was really cool. Could the movie be better? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, every movie needs a little Sarah Michelle Geller in it, you know. <laughs> but no, this was fun. But I, I will say. I went a little soft on it. I could have been a lot meaner because this movie, it had its it had its issues. Um, but I was a lot nicer because I know in the future where this movie goes. I thought you were going to say something, Katie. <laughs> so I forgot. I did this out of order. So for the uninitiated, Juan or The Grudge is just a story about a house that is cursed because people died with deep and powerful rage in their soul. And it's cursed in anybody that goes into the house. Um, in the f- further movies, they talk about how strong the curse is. You just have to, to put a fucking foot through the threshold and the curse is on you. And wherever you go, you spread the curse there. Um, yeah, later on, they talk about how it's like, I don't know, a sickness. You go in, you get sick. And wherever you go, the sickness is there. Uh, they just kind of bring up that it's just this house. But technically, all of Japan is probably cursed because of this one house. And so it's all about multiple people dealing with a cursed house. Uh, We get people being chased down by invisible monsters. We get a little bit of time travel, kind of. We get a lot of weird stuff about this. But uh, this movie is full of death and sadness, honestly. Um, Like I said... I'd give it a shot. It's a fun-ass movie. Now, given, uh, they have one American remake, and then they remade it again with, um, uh, he was Sulu in the new Star Trek movies. John Cho. John Cho. He is, he's not the lead of it, but he is trying to sell this house, and he's like, why does no one want to buy this house? Oh, God. That kid's meowing. I'm dead now. (laughs) So, um, I didn't watch it. I don't think it did that good. So sometimes you shouldn't remake a movie too many times because it's like, oh, it's that shitty movie you're trying to do again. (laughs) So we will get through the story. Uh, It's pretty to the point, kind of. It jumps around, but it's it's pretty simple. So uh, this is the story of Juan or the Grudge. So we get a little bit of the main idea of the story. Now, just like any good movie that gives you the beginning or the end like Micah was talking about like a memento or a or any Tarantino film so from this main plot we see that a husband murders his wife and the family cat unfortunately and his son Toshio and we see them all go down and then we jump back and forth because like I said this is a 
a time situation. So we meet up with Rika. She is a social worker, and her boss sends her out to take care of an older lady named Sachi. And so she heads to the house, and she sees that this house is in disarray, and for some reason she's by herself. And it seems like the boss, it's funny, in Scary Movie 3, they make fun of it because the boss knows that there's like an evil ghost in the house, and he's like, oh, no one's going to take this except Cindy. She's stupid. <laughs> she'll, say, she'll say yes to anything. So the boss seems to know something's up, but he... Well, yeah, he just kind of like forces it on her, and then is just like, yep, see ya. Okay, no, stop asking questions. Just go do it. You'll yeah, be fine. Bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs> and he scoots off. So when Rika makes it to the home, she finds Ta- Toshio. No, she finds Sachi. And then she actually sees the son, Toshio, and she's confused. Why is there a kid in this home? And why is his body all beat up like he's been going through things? And he's very scared and hiding. Um, at this point, she sees that the old lady, she's being killed by Kay- Kayako's ghost. And she faints. And we get some jumps and stuff like that. So we jump to the owners of that house where the old lady came from. So we get uh, Katsuya and his wife, Kazumi, and then the old lady, Sachi, and they are living in the house. And so Katsuya, the husband, he's busy man, busy man, and he can't, doesn't have time to clean up or anything like that. And Kazumi, she's not the biggest fan of the grandmother, but she's, you know, you got to love your in-laws <laughs> a little bit. So we see that the curse is still in the house because technically we see Kayako. She died before this family. This is the second family in the house. And this curse is likes to litter. Yes. A lot. It's a very dirty. It parties. Parties hard (laughs) and leaves its mess all over the house. Yeah. It's a very dirty, dirty curse monster. And so we see that Kazumi, she's easily gets like just absorbed by this curse and we see that katsuya he is affected by this curse too so what it does is either it kills you outright it seems to want to mess with you a little bit before and make you crazier but it seems to want to inhabit one person's body in the family and then use that person to attack everybody else so it seems to be replaying how the curse started and that seems to be the game plan of it so uh, this family they all they all go down like i said uh, we get these little short stories of people going in the house and they don't survive that long afterward so uh katsuya his sister hitomi she came into the house just for a little bit, and he tells her to go home before he goes crazy and dies. And unfortunately, the spirit of Kayako and Toshio follow her home. Now, there's some really cool scenes. She's on an elevator, and every floor, you see the boy Toshio just standing there watching her from outside of the elevator. Until the last floor when he's, you know, where she's getting off and then he's gone. And it's like, ooh, that was nice. Like I said. Good touch. There's so many scenes that are like, that's solid. That's a solid, scary thing to do. And so Itomi goes into her her room and she lays down in bed and covers herself with the blankets. 
and then we hear that creepy Kayako sound. And then just from the 2004 version, she opens up the sheets and Kayako's like, hey, how's it going? And just drags her into the darkness. Well, he, it, that, that's when he comes out of the TV, right? Cause, oh, yeah, because yeah, the TV gets super staticky <laughs> yeah. and it clears up on his eyes. And that, oh, yeah, that yeah. was a, that was a good touch right there, too. Yeah, it's like I said, this movie has so many ideas that the director was like, "Ooh, that'd be really fucking good. And he did it. But it's like with a little bit more time and money and CG, this could be banging. Well, two years later, it's super banging. <laughs> so we go back to Rika. And so Rika, she fainted and her boss actually finds her and she calls the police. Well, he calls the police and Rika seems to be fine. Hooray. Uh, she passed out in front of the ghost. I guess the ghost was like, nah, I don't want you. You're not awake. <laughs> so there's two detectives that they discover the, the second family's bodies in the attic. So Katsuya and Kazumi finds their bodies in the attic. And so they later find that Katsuya's sister Hitomi, the one that got yanked up into the bed, she's disappeared. And a security guard at her workplace is gone too. So, like I said, it just branches out. You don't even have to see the ghost or deal with it. If you're close to other people that got this sickness, you will die. And so that is the whole crux of this movie. Just, you will die if you're close. So, unfortunately Rika she is not out of the woods and so she keeps seeing phantoms different pictures happening all around her and it seems like the ghosts don't want to instantly kill her which is weird because everybody else seems they take they get taken out quick within a night but Rika seems to be pretty lucky for some reason I wonder why they don't want to kill her instantly we'll find out later so the two detectives, as they are researching the history of this cursed fucking house and these murders, they contact one of their retired detective friends, Toyama, and he does not want to revisit this case because he has lost everything, his part of his sanity, his family, uh, it's just nothing has gone right for him after researching these murders. And so he is not, he does not want to do this. But unfortunately, I don't know, the soul of a true detective, dadgummit, he can't help it. And he gets back into the game. And instantly, it seems like the spirit's like, oh, I remember you. You were here a long time ago trying to find out things. Oh, you're getting back into it. Well, Here's some static on your screen. You know what's funny? It's one of my favorite tropes when it comes to, like, detectives. Like, it's always, like, the stereotypical detective is he's old, and he's a drunk, and he's, like, (laughs) hyper-obsessed with solving the case. And if they're out, it's like, ooh, that one case that brought him back, you know? (laughs) It's it's a super old trope, but it's always so good. It's always so compelling, you know? Well, I feel it's, like, it's a good trope because... It's always cool to see that old person like, I have to finish this. I have to finish the story. And it's like, yeah, hope you do it. And you're like, you're probably going to die doing it, but good luck, buddy. <laughs> so Toyama, he gets back into the game and he actually decides that he's going to burn down this house. He's going to the cursed house and he's going to burn it down. So he hears a group of teenage girls upstairs. He heads upstairs 
And one actually runs past him. And the girl stops and looks at him and gives a real good look. And she looks confused. And Toyama looks really confused. And she gets out of the house. The other two girls get consumed by the curse. And uh, that was a really weird situation. But we come back to Toyama. Um, we see that that girl, well, Toyama has a daughter, a young girl that he's hanging out with. And he tells her, like, hey, I got to take care of this. Just stay away. So now we move into the future a couple of years. And the little girl, Azumi, is dealing with friends that are missing, friends that have gone into this creepy house, and they're dealing with weird visions. And so we see that Azumi is full of guilt because she abandoned her friends in this house, and they have disappeared. They have not come back. And so two more friends come by and visit Azumi, and... They see that Azumi has taped up, taped off her room to block light from coming in because she's trying to keep the spirits out. The mom is just like sunken in eyes and just thin and she's depressed and stuff. And she she says that Azumi wasn't always like this and just life was better. And then we see a picture go by as a picture of a young Azumi and Toyama. So the movie has jumped ahead into the future a few years, and we discover that Toyama saw his daughter in the future a little bit, kind of. Or she saw her dad in the past. Yeah. So that house made them see each other. It got weird. I was like, wait, that's a girl, but she saw him. It's a time machine. Yeah, the house is a time machine. That's really weird. (laughs) And Azumi's friends, they see that every picture that has Azumi or the friends in it, their eyes are blacking out and they look like they're dead. (laughs) So she gets cornered by the visions, the phantoms of her dead friends. And Kayako comes out and drags her off into the darkness. And then we see Toyama, a like a floaty head of Toyama and Azumi. So they both are gone, it seems. So some time passes by. And Rika, she's moved on. She's doing good. She doesn't really see the ghost anymore. So this is before the fire. It's after the fire. So we learned that Toyama didn't set the house on fire. He tried. So Rika is visiting her friend Mariko. And she's an elementary school teacher. And they're hanging out. And she's disappointed because she has one kid in her class that has registered as a student but hasn't shown up for class. It's really weird. And then she's like, well, I'm going to head by the house and just see what's happening. Maybe I could talk to the parents. She heads into the house and calls Rika. And Rika discovers that her friend is in the cursed house. So now the cursed house is signing up for school. And I don't know why it signed up for school. <laughs> so Toshio was trying to go to school. Did you forget about me? Because I'm back. (laughs) So now Rika races over to the house to save her, but it's it's fucking too late. (laughs) Uh, Kayako's ghost comes out and comes after her. And Kayako takes the appearance of Rika. So now we see that the ghost is turning into Rika, but then Rika realizes that she's doomed to play out the curse 
and go out the same way as Kayako. And so now, with the child ghost Toshio watching from the banisters, the original villain of this movie, I guess, the one that started the curse, he comes down the stairs and kills Rika. And so, I, I the only thing I can get from this is it's just a big old circle and it never ends. I think it's a cool idea to have a curse that doesn't have somebody trying to beat the curse. Yeah. It just is. Yeah, it just it's happens. just it's just a curse like what are you going to do? Shake a stick at it? Like yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hey, not like older. it's not like I mean we keep bringing up supernatural, but I mean Yeah. Sam. <laughs> you know. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna say some Latin words and all, everything's gonna be better. And it's like, okay, well, this is Japan. Not there's no Latin here for this. Let's yeah. just a curse is a curse is a monster is a bad guy and the bad guy wins. Sorry. Yeah. So dibs is a dibs is a dibs, okay. <laughs> so at the end of this movie, we see that the Tokyo streets are deserted, and many missing missing person posters are just everywhere on the ground and all in the air. And Rika's corpse uh, with a hairstyle a lot like Kayako is in the house's attic. And then she wakes up the same little death rattle that Kayako had. So, like I said, this curse just continues. You cannot stop it. And they made like four other movies where it's just, it does not stop. Um, just like the same vein as The Ring, where that curse is a nonstop curse. All you can do is make a movie. Make a video and have somebody else watch it. That's all you can do to get it off of you. There's no stop to it. <laughs> so, Emma, who is your favorite person or favorite character in Juwan or The Grudge? I don't think that I put down an actual person because it's very difficult to, like, choose people. Yeah. So, I believe, now to quote myself here, I wrote down... The honorary appearance of the Halloween Town soundtrack. <laughs> so, I thought the soundtrack was very silly, but because of that, I kind of was able to like actually focus. Yeah. <laughs> on what was happening in the background, so like, I guess thanks for that because I caught a lot of little nuances in the movie because of that. So that was helpful. So, <laughs> thanks Halloween Town for your. Accidental appearance in this here 2002 Japanese film, Micah. I'm going to go with The Curse, Murder House, the big bad villain. I am a sucker for good villains. And the fact that there really isn't an answer to this problem is awesome. I like when things just kind of happen because that's how life works. You know, anything happens at any time, and sometimes there is no reason for it. It just happens. And so this curse, you know, obviously it had a start. There was a reason for it, but yeah. it's still mysterious. And so the only thing they have is, like, this backstory of a of a detective that, you know, is trying to solve this, but he's a detective. He's not going to assume that it's a curse, you yeah. know. <laughs> um, but, of course, it's old world, and, you know, when you, you when you're – in a, a place that has literally been 
a culture for thousands of years, you know, it, you're going to have those stories that just carry on, which is really cool and really exciting because, you know, mo- most there's, there's hardly any mystery left in the world and, yeah. you know, because everything is solvable or people have figured it out and life is sometimes boring in that way. There's, <laughs> the, um, but with stories like that, that have carried over with no rhyme or reason, it just, is and it's just a fact and it continues to just be a fact that you can't fight a fact and so i i really liked that and the you know nobody able to fight it and everything like that you know the the one thing was he tried to burn the house down and he couldn't you know and so it's like okay well that was that you know uh my favorite character was probably the little boy i thought he was uh really really good at just being creepy as fuck usually when you have kids in movies it's kind of difficult to get them to do the things that they need to do properly and this kid was fucking on top of it he was like staring through the banister of the stairs like looking down at folks while they were walking in the door he was like scuttling across the second floor like making a little feet scuffle sounds and making weird cat sounds and well that's the sarah michelle geller version but making weird like throat sounds and just generally creeping everybody out and he crushed it (laughs) so toshio was just the best i'm gonna go with the curse Uh, just like micah said something that's just unstoppable and there's probably a way to stop it i haven't seen all of these movies there's probably a way up there, maybe you gotta go back to the source somehow. Or Molotov find, cocktails, or find a, the skeleton of the body. Uh, it's funny; people have tried so many times in the movies to burn the house, and then the house Thoughts just and yeah, they just like defend themselves. The house defends itself, but I I love that's the idea of just something that's like if you come in here, you're already dead, and it's like cool. You can fight as much as you want, but if you pass that threshold, even for a second, I got you. And people go in because it's just a house, you know? It, even if you were cautious, if you made it past the threshold and were like, I don't like this, and tried to walk off, you're already doomed. You're going to die. I think that's just a really cool thing. And like I said, we've seen so many versions of this. Just like in uh, It Follows, if you don't have sex, it's going to get you. It's, that slow walking thing is going to get to you. So you better go bang somebody, you know? So... Emma, who is your least favorite character in Juan the Grudge? I didn't really have one. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> okay. It, it was an enjoyable yeah. situation. So I didn't really dislike anything. Yeah. I am actually going to say that spinning the story in pieces did not work for this film. They, I think for sure we're going with something... I don't know, whimsical or I feel, cool with it. I feel it. like the the main idea of it needed to be a little bit more on the nose for it to make sense or have like a true, I don't know, my, you know, the, the part I liked about this movie is it is because it is, you know, but that doesn't really work for this. It's not like a mystery that you're trying to solve when halfway through the movie, the mystery kind of gets solved. Like yeah. you find kind of the origin and the backstory behind what, you know, the, the family and everything. 
and then it's like, okay, well, that doesn't really help the situation. So what was the point of breaking the movie apart and then doing a time travel thing? You know, it just it just kind of confused the movie more than it needed to. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> this one, this one, it, it could have just been left as a streamlined movie and and been okay. Like it, you didn't have to pull a memento and and try to make the person figure it out when we were all trying to sit there figuring it out anyway. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, I think that's just you know it goes off of a a young director. You know, he's like, oh, I got this crazy idea. Well, plus it might have helped if we watched the first two. I guess you know maybe the, maybe but mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, I always think I have ideas in my head. I'm like, oh, man, I want to play it like this. Like I have D&D campaigns. I'm like, oh, I'll do it like this. And all it takes somebody else is like, why don't you just do that? That seems easier. I'm like, no, it's better like this. You know, <laughs> everybody's got an idea, you know, when you're being creative. But thinking about it, I'm like, this was just out of order. But kind of in a way that you learn things because it was out of order. But it seemed like a reach sometimes. So I get you on that. So Katie, who's your least favorite character? Murder Dad. I don't know how nobody in this room said that yet. You beat me But it was it. 100% the dude who started the curse and went crazy and killed his fucking family. Or got the curse from somewhere else and no, then came no, in. He, he started it because he thought his wife was cheating on him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Um, what a horrible piece of shit. Um, try a conversation next time yeah like use your fucking words and even if you're mad at your wife and you go insane and kill your wife don't kill your kid too bro and the cat that was unnecessary unnecessary dude your wife was a lot the kid was too much the cat now that's a line cat's just sitting there like hey what are you doing hey hey, what are you doing (laughs) just gets jumped no, uh, well, and the he killed the cat before he killed the kid. Yeah, so kid. he traumatized the kid. Not th- the kid was already traumatized. Yeah. First, he killed the mom right in front of the kid, traumatized, and then he was like, "Oh, you know what? You like this cat? Fucking psych, bitch! <laughs> Fucking Cat's psych! Gone. Snap that cat's neck!" And then went after the kid and was like, "Dude, that was unnecessary." So there is a passing line. That explains a little bit about why he goes, quotation mark, crazy or, you know, justified in what he was doing in his head. It's there's a line that says, maybe the kid's not his kid because I think my wife cheated on me. Like I said. Oh, yeah, I remember that. In the newer version, like the Sarah Michelle Geller version, they dig a little bit deeper into this. That's why in Scary Movie 3, they joke about that, like the professor was like what dating the ghost and she was a ghost when they were got they got together and they had a kid it was the alien it just it got weird but that's what they were spoofing that the fact that there was infidelity happening in in the family uh i don't know for sure if she actually did cheat or not uh don't deserve to get murdered for it but i i need to watch the sarah michelle geller version again i can't remember but i like to think that it's it helps it be more cursy if he thought she cheated and she didn't and so she unjustfully un, uh, you know not right got killed for it i think that would make the curse stronger i don't know i don't know how curses work because i don't kill people in houses so <laughs> so let's do seven word synopsis um katie i'm gonna have you go first because i don't know where to Fuck mine is. Okay. I have two. 
My first one is, why'd you go back in that house? Just <laughs> why, the, like that fucking detective got out unscathed. And then those other detectives were like, hey, we know you were tired, but there's some weird shit happening with this house again. Could you like tell us what you know? And then he got sucked back in and ended up dying and then went to the future and saw his daughter or somehow she went to the past. Who the fuck knows? Um, <laughs> and along those lines, my second one, detective daughter time time loop made no sense. Detective daughter time loop made no sense. It sounds like a Disney Channel show. Detective daughter time loop. That sounds like a Japanese version of an American show. Like they took, they yeah. changed the name or like it didn't translate right. Like, or uh, the American name of a Japanese show yeah. that was actually detective like. Daughter time loop. Trademark. Yeah. Like. We're going to make that. Like lady detective and father detective fight crime or some shit like that in Japanese. But then shit, when I'd it translates, it. it's just detective daughter in time loop. I'd watch it. That sounds great. <laughs> so I came up with one. I had another one. I know, bud. I had another one. And so mine is that house really said, gotcha, bitch. So I'm telling you, <laughs> the second you walked in, it'd been funny if there was just like a laugh. So if I could redact or change something in Scary Movie 3, anytime someone walked into that house, you just hear a little giggle. And they never explain it until later. It's like, oh, yeah, you're cursed. The second you made it through the door, you're super cursed. So, um, I should do this in D and D. You like walk by and it's like you walk into a house like I need you to roll. <laughs> uh, Constitution saving throw. Why? Because you walk by. We've done that in D and D. Yeah, yeah. Constitution saving throw. Why? Because you walked one step too far. You did do that in D and D. Oh uh, yeah, I did that. Yeah, your monster mimic house. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> uh, Micah. Curse is the worst kind of roommate. What a slob. Every morning, that dad had to pick up after it. What the hell? That curse didn't give a shit. Like, there was like two scenes that he entered a room and had to clean up trash on the way in. He's like, what the fuck? And he just like throws <laughs> it away and doesn't think about it. And the <laughs> fact that he kept blaming it on his mom. like, Oh, did he? Okay. He kept like blaming it on the old lady that was down, that was like living downstairs. Like she was getting up in the middle of the night and yeah. just fucking <laughs> making a mess of their house. Like, of course, he, of course she spends all day comatose and has a fucking party while we're sleeping. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she, clean up her shit. Old lady yeah. couldn't even move. And they kept coming down every day to just stuff. fucking a horrible mess of a house. She's literally sitting there like Peter Griffin. <laughs> Sneaking around. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Oh, okay. Uh, mine, I have... That soundtrack went harder than it should have. And then I kept waiting for Anna Ferris's appearance. <laughs> uh, Caseworker scared by child in closet. I know I would. And then my alliterative soundtrack sidelined spooky storyline. Seriously, scurry shit. <laughs> this is scurry shit. <laughs> okay, so this film came out October 18th, 2002. Boy, howdy. Um, it says release date Scream Fest. It's a horror film festival. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that might have been when it came out in America. Hell, I don't know. So, th this film came out. So, I couldn't find a box office. Now, this film 
looks kind of cheap. You mean a budget? A budget, yeah. I said, but sorry. So I couldn't find a budget. I was about to say it wrong again. So I couldn't find a budget for this film because, you know, it looks a bit cheap. But I did find a box office. So uh, what do you guys think the box office for Juon was? Katie. I have no way to measure this in my brain that makes sense because we don't have a budget for it. So I just shot for the fucking stars because it was big enough to make have an American remake starring Sarah Michelle Gellar, who was like in her fucking prime in like 2001. So I went with a hundred dollar dues. Okay. Micah or uh, Emma. I'll go with $25 dollar dues. Micah. Or dollar yens. This is just for... Juwan, right? Like yeah, not just for the American remake. No, no, not oh, the American yeah. one. Dude, I'm gonna say one dollar do. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, correction, dollar yens. Oh, <laughs> uh, we should make a Japanese one. Uh Micah, he realized that like this probably didn't make a super lot. He's right. So the box office was three point seven dollar dues. Hot damn. I mean wow. <laughs> Yeah, so right. it was enjoyable. People loved the idea. It was really cool. The American version came from the fact that it was a great story, but I think a little bit more because The Ring, that movie did really good. And they were like, oh, so this Japanese story came over and it made a lot of money? Shit, you got any more Japanese creepy stories? Yeah, we got this Jew on. Like, this house is cursed. Bring it on over. Um, I will not tell you. Oh, fuck it. You guys are forget. Uh, the American version made $187 dues when it came over. So it exploded. Uh, this story, I remember everybody freaking out when this movie came out. It was a scary ass movie. Like just a person could be in the darkness anywhere and just yank you away. That's horrific. And it's just a little creepy kids just standing there. It's scary as hell. But yes, yeah, so this is the beginnings of it. And honestly, I keep bringing up Evil Dead. Uh, this is another movie kind of like Evil Dead. The first one made honest money, but Evil Dead 2, the technical remake, made a lot of money. And then he was able to make a third movie, a TV show, and three supplemental movies afterward because of the second one. So this is kind of what happens. The grudge, the American grudge, just continued the awesome, awesome story of a very creepy, cursed house. So... Minority kill count, uh, that's a big old zero. Everybody looked the same, I guess. I mean, technically, the kid was pretty pale. The cat was, I can't remember what the color the cat was, but we are going to go with the number of... <laughs> the cat is a different species. Yeah. We're not counting different species, yeah. or we'd have to go back through 300 films. Cats of a different... Werewolves kind. within alone would yeah. have been... <laughs> so the number is still 373... And a Tito Turtle and a house and a plane full of vampires. Does anybody have anything else to say about the grudge? Juwan, before we get out of here. How about you, baby? You have words? He is silent. I'm <laughs> sad it wasn't better. I agree. I was really hoping that because, you know, it, it sparked such a franchise, like a, this huge multi-million dollar like big budget american version um and it has so much praise like the original this movie because it's like the first one of its kind it has so much praise online um about 
it being the first in this like renaissance of horror that started in the early 2000s and I'm disappointed that it wasn't better. I was hoping for something like to go out on something really big for 300 yeah. for our 300th episode and it was just kind of disappointing. I feel like the old ways last week was way way better. I can agree with that. <laughs> this this definitely feels like one of those movies that's overhyped and is one of those pre- on every pretentious scary movie guys list yeah. of like oh you haven't seen Juwan, the original? Ugh, Absol- not the grudge, the remake. Absolutely. Ugh. You know, that's that's kind of how it feels. Absolutely. Like a, and like I said earlier, it, it did spark like a huge following and, and was a great, it came out at the right time, which is probably why it was so successful. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but yeah, it was just overall kind of a, kind of a dud. Like, it, it does remind me of like, the very rare occasion when the TV show or the movie is better than the book, and then you go back and you try to read the book, and you're like, eh. Yeah. It just, there's no fizzle. Yeah. So, it was an experience. Like I said, it was like, that, that yes, it was yeah. enjoyable <laughs> for a reason or two. But yeah. I feel like the the confusing nature of the storyline, like the way that it was put together, Made it just so like you're you're fine if you just watch the scary movie section. Yeah, that is the grudge. Like yeah. you, it it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. It's like five minutes. It's like a five minute section in Scary Movie Three. Yeah, and that's all you need. Yeah, yeah the third one. Well, because isn't it the first one? Is it the fourth one? This is for oh, the, sure the, not the, the second, second one. Haunted house. The well, the one third is one is is signs and okay, the, and the one ring. Then. Okay. Oh, oh the yeah, fourth. No, fourth it's, one. It's, it's the new. Uh, oh yeah, that was easily yeah. the worst one. God, it that wasn't was the bad. Guy. It was the yeah. other guy. The, the I tried to say it, and oh yeah, I was the one that chose it anyway because it was so bad. Yeah, you knew it was bad, and you put us through it anyway. What two months ago? Yeah, you knew it was bad, and you put that evil on I, us anyway. I at anyways. least do that yeah. once a year. I choose yeah. one that I know is bad, and I hate it, and I have this to. This year's about rubber it. award is awarded to Micah. Yeah. Well, we finished the cycle. We did two and three first, and then we went back and did one and four. We just just finished them out. They didn't make a five, did they? Yes, yes absolutely, they did. they did. Oh god, oh, they We're sure not, did. I refuse. It's not good. Nope, I refuse. It, not good. I'm my foot's down right now. It's not. It's elevated. I really but don't want to watch. It's it. down. I'm, I watch. I watch bad movies all the time, and I, I will not watch it. <laughs> Four was so awful. Yeah. Dear God. So I mean, like I said before, it's cool to see where this franchise goes from here. You should give it a watch, but then watch the American version. And be like, oh, that's why it seems like that. Oh, oh, okay. It's the up- upgraded version, honestly, the American version. So um, so with that, that is the end of this episode. So if you have any of the cool fun facts about, I don't know, house curses or cats or weird kids that just come out of TVs. We can point you in the direction of several other movies yeah. that have each one of those things in them yeah. that are better than this one. Don't tell me, but you email Katie at... Allentown presents oh, at gmail.com. Uh, we you can tweet her at Allentown Pod. We have a Facebook at I <laughs> Allentown presents. I fucked it up. I, I don't know. <laughs> I I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, I, did I honestly don't know because you went out of order. 
I feel bad. I was like, when I said it, I was like, this ain't right. I was already fucked by that whole situation and then this Ron Burgundy nonsense. I'm Ron Burgundy? Who put a question on the teleprompter? I don't know. Did I say that right? Is that actually our Facebook? Okay. So this was episode 300 in the pockets in the books. Out of sight in the pockets. In the books. Jesus. <laughs> Happy 300, everybody. Yeah, I'm drunk. So, <laughs> so the music you listen to right now that is flipping the combined effort, flipping the CD, everywhere you can find them, the Studio Fitas or Fitas Artwork. Is, you know, they've changed the name online. Uh, that's the thank you for the artwork and stuff. I need to get back with you, fellas and ladies. Give me some more art. Um, like I said, this is episode 300. By God, um, we're actually one movie away from the Halloween Screamathon. We're gonna finish up Foreign Horror season and then, five, y'all. Uh, season five. It was so close to lining up, and I'm so sad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sad that it was the first perfect. one of 300. It would have been perfect. We just or needed to like one. skip two two weeks. Or technically, it'd have been better if episode 300, and then we went right into October. That'd have been cool too. Yeah, it's fine. But it's fine because we have one more pretty cool movie. And then we are, I'm telling you, I say this every year, but I think the set list for this year is going to be pretty, pretty good because we've been trying to pick our top five movies and the majority are coming from October. The struggle is so damn real. It's making me mad. I was like, fuck, that was good. Fuck, that was good. I got to pick five. I'm like, shit, I haven't even got October. So fuck, my list is 15 long. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) So um, before I say you know buying stuff uh thank you for keeping with us 300 movies this is really cool i i don't even know how many movies i've watched uh earlier i say it like i'm old as fuck but earlier in my life i used to just sit and just watch scary movies all the time back when i didn't have you know responsibilities and shit i could just crack out movies all day and all night and then play video games and that was my life and so it's really cool to be regimented and just watch a scary movie a week. And it's really cool. I've we have gone out of our like zones of what we like and found really cool movies. Usually the foreign ones are bangers. I've spent four years out of my zone. Yeah. And I enjoy it now. <laughs> and it's pretty cool. It's funny. Katie has never well before, she wasn't the biggest fan of scary movies. I remember when I met her, she was like, well, you know. But now there's things she watches, she's like that's not that bad. I, I use I say that all the time. When I see stuff I'm like, wow, that lady got cut in half. That's not that bad. <laughs> now Katie has a threshold. She's like, eh, that's not that bad. I'm like, holy shit, this is wild. So it's my it's, threshold is very high. <laughs> I see some wild shit all the time. So it's just really cool. I'm it's crazy. Just three hundred of these, and it's it's funny. I go through these episodes sometimes to just listen back to them. And there's a couple that just still make me laugh. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Daywalkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two episodes are really good in Vampires. Um, the uh, Valentine was a really good one, us talking about it. But there's good ones I listen to all the time. So, um, like always, thank you so much for listening. And we will keep this going. Uh, I said before, in the first year of doing this, I will keep this going as long as I am having fun. That's the reason I started it, because I just actually it was a dare, a mental dare that I'm like, you can't do 31 movies. I'm like, I think I can. And then I did it. And I was like, I guess I'll keep going. <laughs> and I just did it. Uh, but honestly, as long as I'm having fun with this, uh, I'm going to keep 
putting movies in front of my friends and <laughs> telling them how they feel about it. So, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with the final movie, the final review of season four of Valentine Presents, and we're gonna, we're that much closer to the Halloween Screamathon. Okay, bye guys. Toots. This is Spooky Movie Squad.